0: Exodus, the third chapter, beginning with verse number 10 and ending at verse number 14. Therefore, come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I? Everybody say, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, certainly I will be with you. And this shall be the sign to you thats that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. Then Moses said to God, behold, I am going to the sons of Israel and I shall say to them, the God of your father has sent me to you. Now, now they, they may say to me, what is his name? What, what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. King James says, I am that I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. You may be seated. From this block of text, I'd like to talk to you on the subject, the answer to your broken I am. The answer to your broken I am. The phrase I am is uh, a phrase of existence. uh, It's a personal pronoun I married to the inactive verb am, which is a derivative or in another form to be first-person, singular, non-active, they make up the term I am, which means I exist. Existence is the qualifier for being able to say I am. And when you no longer exist, it isn't that you can say I am. What it is now is that you were. And you can't say it if you no longer exist someone else has to say it for you. If a person exists, they could say, I am. As a matter of fact, all of you here can say, I am. Why don't you tell somebody, I am. I am. This, this, this shows that all of us have an I am. Everybody in here has an I am. And it doesn't matter what your age is, you have an I am. I exist, I'm here. And sometimes in our lives, we want people to acknowledge that we are. And it hurts at times when people act as if we are not, as if we are, don't exist. And sometimes our I amness depends or the state of our I amness depends on the recognition of those around us. For some people, Some people don't feel like they exist unless someone acknowledges their existence. I mean, people hate more than anything to be in a place and to be ignored. If you want to fight in your marriage on the way home while your wife is talking to you, act like she has no I am. And you will find out quickly that things will escalate because people have in the human experience a desire for their i amness to be affirmed and recognized by those around us which means that our amness has to be supported by other people's amness which means that when i come into a place I exist in light of other people's existence. The I am of the human experience is an I am that came from somewhere i don't care what kind of relationship you had with your father. your I amness exists. From your father and your mother getting together, and when the two I ams got together, they gave birth to another I am, and that I am is who you are. But God, God says something here strange. Moses is talking to God and being commissioned at the burning bush. And you have to understand that in this text, the children of Israel have been in bondage for over 400 years, 400 years under Egyptian bondage. Now, the Egyptians had what was called a pantheon. Everybody say pantheon. Pantheon. A pantheon is a group of gods. It's a group of gods. It's just not one god. As a matter of fact, they had a god for everything. One God, her name was Isis. And that was the Egyptian moon goddess of fertility and for healing, which means they lived and they were captive to a people who, when they wanted to be healed, prayed to one god. When they wanted fertility, prayed to another god. When they wanted to, uh, when they wanted to, and had a loved one, and they wanted to make sure that loved one was all right, they would pray to the god Anubis, who was the god of embalming and death. They would pray to the god Ammon who was the ancient God of the sun and the air, and so if it was scorching heat, they prayed to one god. If they needed healing, they prayed to another god. If they needed fertility, they prayed to another god. And then there was a god, uh, a bull god that that was named Apis, and that god was responsible uh, for uh, for the uh, for their crop and their their prosperity. So when they needed prosperity they prayed to one God when they needed healing they prayed to another God when they needed uh, the, the sun to let up and the rain to come they prayed to another God and this is where the children of Israel were captive they were captive in a place that had polytheistic poly meaning many, theism meaning gods. They had a polytheistic view of the world and they prayed to different gods for different things and each of the gods that they prayed to had a name. So when God is telling Moses, I want you to go to Egypt and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. I want you to go to Egypt and tell my people, I'm bringing you out. Quite naturally, the question in Moses' mind, being that he grew up in Egypt, being that the people of God are in Egypt, being that they are in a polytheistic society with a pantheon of God's, He says, when I go to them, what should I tell them is your name? Does that make sense? sense. I mean, they got a name for the God of fertility and healing, Isis. They have Apis, they have Anubis, they have Ta, they have Akhman Ra, they have all of these gods. So when I go and talk to these people who are captive in this society with all these gods, what's your name? Now, Moses didn't say, Who should I tell them you are? He says, What shall I tell them your name is? Watch what God says. God says, Ayah, Aisha, Ayah, in Hebrew. What that means is, Ayah means. I exist. Asha, eh, eh, means because I exist. Uh, <laughs> this is good to me, so I'm going to have a good time. Pardon me, even if, if it's without you. God is saying, I exist because I exist. <laughs> I am because I am now you say I don't get it let me help you with us we are because mommy and daddy got together you don't get that we are because maybe our life was in danger or maybe we got sick and the doctor gave us the right medicine and so the death sentence was turned around we are young man because your mama got with your daddy one winter night and they got together and they knew one another and you came into being but with God oh my God with us, our existence, and there's something in us that wants us, our existence to be affirmed by other people. We, we want to be included in a group of people who exist. But God, when he tells Moses what to tell them his name is, he says, just tell them that my name is I am. I don't exist because somebody made me. I don't exist because there was an egg and there was a sperm. I don't exist because somebody else willed it. I exist because I want to exist. I exist because I am eternal. I exist because I have no cause that is responsible for my existence. God says... Tell them I am. Now, here is, here is the challenge when it comes to us. I am can be joined with an adjective that can put us in a bad place. I am in the human experience. Speaks about our existence, but it does not speak about the state of our existence. And so if you walked up to somebody and you said, you know, I am, and left it there, they'd be aloof. Because I am, in the human experience, must go with something else to modify the existence No, you don't get it? Listen carefully. I'm glad you're quiet. Be educated. If I went up to you, brother, and I said, why are you looking like that? No, that's not part of it. Man, I am, I am, I am, never mind. The next question would be what? You are what? So guess what? Adjectives modify the phrase I am, which means we need something else there to modify the state of our existence. And guess what? Life has given us a lot of adjectives that make us, make us and put us in a bad place. I, I am, I'm wounded. I am offended. I am If you were an Israelite, Captive. I am alone. I am discouraged. I am frustrated, which now says that my existence by itself has been modified by a state that's altering the temperature of my existence. It's one thing to just be, but to be alone, to be discouraged, to be wounded, to be messed up, to be frustrated, to be depressed to be oppressed modifies your existence so what God represents is stability among people whose existence is constantly modified by situations, predicaments and circumstances so when we are discouraged and we are depressed God comes and says I just am so whatever you are, if you let whatever you are partner with the of the fact that I am I will meet you in whatever state that your modified I am This is in you don't get it when God told Moses to tell them I am is my name God was saying I exist for whatever they need when they got hungry the I am became food. When they got thirsty, the I am became water. When they were in danger, the I am became refuge. And what God is saying is, while the people who have you in bondage have to pray to a different God for each thing, and they got to pray to this God for that, and they have to pray to this God for that, and they have to pray to this God for that, what I'm telling you, Moses, is to tell them they don't have to pray to a bunch of gods because I am everything they need. Now, the history can be boring, and if you're not alert and assertive, you can get lost in the history, but it's powerful because it transfers. This month, we're talking about all things Jesus, but you say, Brother Preacher, that's not Jesus. That's God. Let me show you something about Jesus. Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 9. Say amen if you're still following. See, we, we can't just get up here and just hear a whole bunch of, you know, that's good. You know, motivation is good. But I believe education. Amen. 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 Sometimes we talk about everything else but Jesus. He's the main attraction in this piece. Amen. 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 But God, Paul says something interesting about Jesus, right? God tells Moses way back then when you tell him what my name is, say, I am. That's all you need to know. I am. I am self-existent. I am who I am. I am who I want to be. I will be who I will be. I am. I is. I will forever be, which means that there is a before Genesis. There is a before Genesis. There is a book before Genesis called Eternity. And there's a book after Revelation called Eternity. In that book before Genesis, God is there. In that book after Revelation, God is there. And guess what? He didn't come from anywhere. In the Old Testament, they had these gods that they had to see. Do you remember when the children of Israel went into the wilderness? Moses goes up to Mount Sinai, and what happens down at the base of the mountain? They make themselves a golden what? Do you know why they make a golden calf? Do you know where they got that from? Where did they get that from? They got it from Egypt because, again, Apis was one of the gods of the Egyptians, And they would formulate this calf and they would worship the calf and they said this is the God that got us out of Egypt because they were so used to Seeing the gods they were worshiping. They were used to seeing an image of the god, a statue of the god and they would bow down before the statue of Apis and the statue of Anubis and the statue of Isis and the statue of Oriasis and all of these gods and they were even responsible for building these gods and they had the skills it took to build elaborate temples to these gods and in the Old Testament that's where the children of Israel were captive For 430 years, so so they were so accustomed to seeing and having a God that they can see. And the God that delivers them shows up, gives them his name, but is invisible. 430 years around God that can see. I know your name, but but, 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 but where are you? And, and they were so frustrated that at times they would make images and call the image God because God was invisible. Now, before we dismiss that as just, you know, boring history, we do that today. We do that today, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with wearing gold chains, but let me tell you something. You might have a chain of the cross, but the chain ain't Jesus. Hello? You might walk around with rosaries, but don't get it twisted. That rosary is not going to save you in your darkest hour, and sometimes we make gods out of people. Because we want a God that we can see. Because in this realm, the sight realm, we affirm things by facts. And facts sometimes come through visual perception. So what God did is he said, basically, you want a God you can see? I'm going to come in the form to where you can see me. And you know what he did? He came through Jesus. They had in the Old Testament a God that they only heard of and saw his miracles, but they couldn't see him. They couldn't touch him. But in the New Testament, God said, I'm going to come in a form and in a way to where you can see me, you can touch me, you can handle me. But don't get it twisted because they were so used to God, a God that they can see when Jesus came because they could see him. They said he couldn't be God. I've learned that people are hard to please. It's hard to be pleased. People in the Old Testament, they didn't get with God because He was invisible. In the New Testament, when He came visibly, they said, You can't be God. So, this is what God did with Jesus in Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 9. The Bible says, What? For in Him, all the fullness of deity. In Jesus, all the fullness. Of deity. What does that mean? That means all the power of God, the invisible God, is in Jesus not just all the power of the invisible God but all the power of the Holy Spirit is in Jesus it isn't that God is one God and Jesus is another God and the Holy Spirit is another God when God wanted to connect with visible people he put all of himself in a visible man so that that visible man can die visibly bleed visibly hang visibly wear a crown of thorns visibly be nailed in his hands visibly be nailed in his feet visibly have blood flowing visibly to save people from their sins this is theology now I get up here and say prayers to keep faith and help me how to live, but the problem is I'm always, I always have a concern that the church may slip, slip into this spiritual illiteracy, this biblical illiteracy where we're saying amen and hallelujah but really don't understand. I'm here to tell you that it's the I am-ness of God that supplements the brokenness of our I am-ness. And that Jesus... Exists. Let me show you something. Uh, let me show you a couple of texts that bothered people. Okay, go to John chapter eight. Y'all all right in here? Be educated. <laughs> John chapter eight. Let's start with verse number fifty-six. I'm not preaching and hollering. This is teaching. Learn. Take this in, right? Who is the original I am? God. He is the I am. He's self-existent. I know that's hard to wrap your mind around, right? It's hard because there's nobody here who's like that. Nobody here who's like that. I don't care if you don't know who your parents are. You got here. And you exist because two people got together. Brother Hamilton, there's always some technical member. Brother Hamilton, well, you do know that nowadays there is something in science called artificial. So you can actually, actually be born from a tube. The stuff in the tube came from some man and some woman. The only person whose existence is self-willed is God. And you say, what does that have to do with me? I'm going to tell you what it has to do with you. You don't want to serve a God that can go back to where he came from. You don't want to serve a God who can go back and be drawn back to where he came from. You don't want to serve a God who has an expiration date like you. This is what makes God qualified and what makes Jesus qualified. Even though he died, he had to get up. And the reason why he had to get up was there was too much God in him to stay in the grave. He had all the fullness of God, and as a matter of fact, that term "I am," I, yeah, I, yeah, was known in Jesus' day. And in John chapter eight, verse number fifty-six, why don't you start reading there? Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Uh huh. And he saw it and was glad. Uh huh. The Jews, so watch this. Stop here. There's a conversation going on how now, on now between the Jews and Jesus. Mind you, some of these Jews are older than Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is here. And mind you, Jesus only lived to be 33. That's right. So this puts him at around 32 and a half or so. And he's talking to these men who are older than he is, more experienced than he is. And he's telling them about their father, Abraham, who is the, uh, the, who is the progenitor or the beginning of the Jewish nation came out of a guy named Abraham. Well, he's talking and the language he's using doesn't make sense to them. Amen. So look at what they say. Read. The Jews therefore said to him. They said to him what? To this young man. Are you are not yet? Fifty years old. You're not even 50 years old. Are you, you're not 50. How could you read? And yet, and have you seen Abraham? How are you going to talk about Abraham like you saw him? You ever get into a conversation and uh, as an older person, and when I say older, older than uh, whoever's younger, Right. You know, maybe maybe it's a bunch of young adults, and there's a teen, and they're talking about, and you, young adults are talking about a concert you went to, and that, that, you know, years ago, before that teen was born, maybe you young adults, and then they start saying, yeah, I remember that. No? You never have a conversation where the youngest person is talking like they're older than they are? No, this side. Y'all boring. It ain't ain't me, it's y'all. You ever have a conversation and everybody's grown and everybody's older and, 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 and some young person talks as if they were there with you? If it's not cute, it's offensive. Here, Jesus is talking about a man that had been dead hundreds of years. The Jews say, you're not even 50 yet. You're not 50 yet. How could you talk about Abraham? Read. Jesus said to them. Now watch, this is where he gets in trouble. Jesus said to them what? Truly, truly, I say to you. Verily, verily, I say to you. Before Abraham was. Ooh, watch this. Before Before Abraham existed. Now watch this. He uses past tense for Abraham. Because Abraham no longer exists in this side, on this side of life. So he says about Abraham that before Abraham was, the reason why he was is because he's no more He says, "I, I am am." I oh, that's am. weird. That's weird. That sounds like bad grammar, right? But what Jesus was saying was that before Abraham's life began and ended, I am. Uh He didn't say I was. He says I am. Which means that Jesus existed without a body and watched Abraham be born and watched Abraham die, came in a body, talked to people who he saw born about a man he saw born and died and told them using the same words that God used in Exodus that I am. Amen. What does that have to do for your life? I don't care what brokenness is waiting for you next year. Jesus says I am. Amen. I don't care what situation is supposed to happen. I don't care who you're supposed let me, let me take this back. It does not matter. I do care. But it doesn't matter what problem, what trial, what job you're supposed to lose next year, what relationship's supposed to go south. I don't care how broken your, it doesn't matter how broken your situation is. It doesn't matter how depressed you're gonna be this time next month. You need to know that the supplement for all of that is the person who existed before you got here and the person who will exist after you leave. In other words, as was said already, Jesus is already at your next trial. He's already at the next meeting where you're going to be fired. He's already at the doctor visit. He's already at the breakup. He's already at the divorce court. He's already at the depression. He's already at the pharmacist. He's already at the school. He's already at the jailhouse. You're not there yet, but because he is, he always was and always will be. He's there to meet you with whatever you need before you even know you need it in other words i am down jesus is with upness. i am uh, wounded jesus is with healing power he's there to meet you with whatever you need because god is and jesus is now, in theology, you just learned a massive theological facet. I mean, you, you, you have no idea. You just learned about the pre-existence of Jesus. That's major. People pay to go to school to learn about the pre-existence of Jesus. Now, if you followed and you understand, you now know the pre-existence of Jesus. Which means if he pre exists before time, he pre exists before event. That's right. Amen. I need you to know that he's already there. When you get there, I need you to know that he was already there. Are you hearing me? What happened when you were a little girl, a little boy? He was already there. Now, don't be a disgruntled theologian and say if he was already there, then he could have stopped it. Now, that's that's that view that says if God exists, he could stop all the bad things. Let me tell you something. If he did not stop some things, you wouldn't be here. That's right. Amen. God is sovereign, and his will is so much bigger than ours that the things we can't understand, God controls. Because guess what? God not only thinks about us, but he thinks about every person who will be affected by our I amness." Your existence has purpose when it positively affects somebody else's existence. I always talk about my health crisis, but God could have fixed me in a heartbeat. Don't you know God has the power to tell sickness to go away when it's sniffing around your body? He has the power. I don't care, be it cancer, be it kidney failure, be it whatever it is. He has the power to fix it in an instant. But God gets pleasure when our existence positively affects affects somebody else's existence oh I wish I had a witness in the house that knows what it feels like for somebody who's doing worse off than you to encourage you even though you're not doing as bad as they are that's because their I amness is moving into your I amness and your I amness ought to make somebody else's I amness better because your existence has purpose and it has power